You know, as I, I read a devotion <laughs> this week, and, and it made me think about um, those, those things uh, that were putting off and putting on. And um, it made me think, you know, if we put off that old behavior, um, we need to put on something. You know, we need to, I, I, the illustration, the only thing I could think of was if you've ever been at the beach and close to the water and you dig a hole in the sand, what happens? That, that sand kind of collapses in, it, you know, it fills in. So if we don't replace it with something, a good behavior, then that bad behavior may come back in, you know. So let's, let's put, it on, put it off and then put something on in its place. You know, as I was reading again through the whole chapter, um, I just had to think um, that, um, you know, these, these people in Colossae were, had, were dealing with false teachers. And so there were, was some false teaching about these different areas, these different relationships that we have. So as we go through this, these verses, let's remember what we learned last week. And also remember that, that Paul's talking to believers, so he's talking to us. Um, he's not talking to the world. I mean, this isn't the world's behavior. This is how we need to be acting in our relationships. So the first one, uh, wives, submit to your husbands as, fi- as fitting to the Lord. You know, other translations say instead of as fitting to the Lord is um, in honor of our master. You know, wait a Wives are to submit as if they are honoring their master, the Lord. Um, you know, culture, I'll, I'll take a little bunny trip here. I'm told not to do this, but I will here. Culture does play a part in, some, in how we interpret these verses. Um, in our culture, you know, um, we would probably say, woman, you know, roar <laughs> kind of thing. Um, Tim B. is one of our new ministry leaders with Christian World Outreach, and she's from South Africa. So when she was in the office this week, I asked her, in your culture, what does this verse, wives submit to your husband, mean? And she said, well, you have to understand that in our culture, a man or his, and or his family pay a dowry for his wife. And so when we think of submitting, that means I paid a dowry, so you have to obey me. So again, we read into, you know, culture, into our, how we look at scripture. And, um, you know, there's a a good book called Serving with Eyes Wide Open. And when I read that, there's a chapter about the Bible and culture. And and we have to be careful. We don't just put our culture in there, but really what's the Lord telling any of us, no matter where we are. And so as we read this scripture, what does this mean to us? Um, you know, it doesn't mean, it's not a position to submit for a wife in, the, in this kind of a relationship, in a marriage relationship. It's more a role, an active role. Um, you know, how, how God intended marriage to be. You know, if we look at Genesis and, you know, God didn't make a woman to be, obey the man. It doesn't say that. It just, she's to be his helper. And so when we look at that, submission in marriage is a, a, a spirit of respect by the wife. It's, it honors the husband. And it helps us as husbands. I know as Laura respects me and honors me, she shows that submission that helps me with the next verse <laughs> as a husband. And I love my wife. 
So we need to remember that a wife is first to submit to God, and out of that submission comes the submission to her husband. Um, She should give him encouragement and be um, in that way submissive to her husband. It's not agreeing to everything the husband says. <laughs> um, but if you read Proverbs 31, I'm not going to take time to read that, but you may want to write that down and read that later. To me, that's not somebody that's at a lower role in the marriage. You know, this is somebody who's intelligent. It's somebody who's resourceful. It's somebody who adds to the marriage. It's, it's, it's not a lower role, and it's not just a, being obedient and that kind of thing. So as we, we look at that, um, what kind of things as a wife can you put on um, to be submissive? What are some practical ways uh, to be a, a, a good wife that's, that's submissive as you're called to do here? Um, first thing, maybe let him take the lead. Um, and I told Laura I was going to share this, but um, <clears throat> when we go to go out to dinner, um, we get in the car and we haven't decided where we're going yet. She says, I turn to her and say, where are we going? And she says, I don't know, where, where do you want to go? So we go back and forth. So for me, sometimes Laura needs to make me take the lead <laughs> and not tell me what restaurant we're going to go to. But that sounds funny and it, it's a simple thing. But, you know, you as a wife need to let your husband take the lead sometimes. You need to ask his opinion. You know, what does he think about things? Think of his needs first. And guys, I'll get to you later. <laughs> Don't criticize him, especially in public or to other people. Um, I remember a few years ago, we were at a graduation party, and I got really uncomfortable because I was sitting there with a family and the mom was putting down the dad right in front of her kids. She was saying the nastiest things I've ever heard. And what happened? But their daughter, who's college age, followed suit. And it it didn't build up the family. He wasn't being submissive. You know, talk to him about your marriage. Talk to with him about your marriage, not at him. <laughs> and don't don't accept abusive behavior. I think a lot of times we women can think, oh, I gotta be submissive. I, I just have to take it, whatever he dishes out. And that's verbal. It's not just physical, it's verbal. It's how you speak to your wife. Um, I told Drake, I, I was a little convicted as I read through some of these, as, as I was preparing this and, and looking at this. This is one, I mean, I don't call Laura names or anything else, but it's the tone, sometimes the way I respond. You know, I have to be careful. But she doesn't need to accept that behavior. That doesn't mean being submissive. And probably the most important thing I would say is pray for your husband as wives. Being a submissive wife, you can, you can pray for your husband and pray that he, he, he does what God wants him to do and be as a leader of the home. So wives, what do you need to put off this week? What do you need to put on to be a submissive wife? You know, think about 
those behaviors that Paul talks about in the in the first 17 verses here. And then do it as it's fitting to the Lord. Don't forget that piece. It's easy to read that first part, but you know, we're doing it for the Lord, not not for your husband. <laughs> it may be for your husband's sake, but most importantly it's for the Lord. Then verse 19. Guys, it's our turn. Um, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Um, I don't know if you've ever read the message, the Bible, the message. Um, this, it says, husbands, go all out in love for your wives. I thought that was a, a neat way to think of it. Go all out and love your wives. The word here in Greek means to wish well for, take pleasure in, to long for, to esteem. You know, do we, as husbands, do we, do we love that way? Do we esteem our, our wives? You know, do we take pleasure in them, just being with them? Are we looking for opportunities to be good husbands, to love our wives? If we love God the way we should, we'll love our wives the way we should. Um, Spurgeon tells a story about a couple men talking about um, the passing away of a pastor's wife. And this pastor, um, one of the men says, um, I think this, this pastor loved his wife too much. I think the Lord took her away because he loved her too much. And he put her before God. The other man said, what are you talking about? The other gentleman then said, can a man love his wife too much? Impossible, unless he can love her better than Christ loves the church. I thought that was fitting for this verse. You know, we are to love our wives as Christ loves the church. So husbands, we're not to be harsh. (laughs) We're not to be harsh because what are we going to get back if we're harsh with our wives? We're going to get back bitterness, anger. We're going to love them. So what are some practical ways or things we need to put on? <laughs> Let's take the lead. <laughs> this list is going to sound familiar. <laughs> Let's ask her her opinion. It's not always my way. <laughs> Think of her needs first. Don't criticize her. You know, when you're with your guy friends, don't criticize your wife. Talk with her about your marriage. When she wants to talk about it, talk about it. Don't be abusive. Again, this is the one that <laughs> convicted me. It's it, not always that you're saying mean things to your wife. It's not that you're being physical abusive. But how do you respond? Are you, are you responding in harshness? And, and two, just like wives, pray for your wife. Pray for her and what she's doing. Pray for her as she ministers to your kids, as she's your helpmate. So husbands, what do we need to put off this week? What do we need to put on? We need to put on some of these things. 
Verse 20 talks about children. We only have one little one here that's probably not going to understand. <laughs> but just notice here, it says children obey your parents. It doesn't say submit to your parents. It uses a different word here. You know, children are to listen to the authority over them, their parents. They're, they're to, to obey. It's interesting, our, our oldest daughter was over last night. So I said to her, are you supposed to still obey me? Because <laughs> I was trying to think, how does this apply to us? The good daughter that she is, she said yes. <laughs> but I think in her heart, she believes that. She's married now. I, don't, I shouldn't interfere with her marriage. But if she seeks advice, you know... Um, I did think of my oldest son who's he's struggling with COVID um, really bad case of COVID um, and I thought I've told him over and over drink lots of fluids <laughs> eat something he wasn't obeying his dad so, <laughs> so he's gotten worse but I don't know I don't believe we're to obey like we were a child but I think we still need to have respect for our parents um, we need to, you know, respect that they are our parents, that they've invested in our lives as we were growing up. So, um, as parents, we often dwell on the disobedience instead of the obedience when our children are, are obedient. So, I think as parents, we're going to talk about parents here in a minute. We need to, to acknowledge when they do obey. So let's go to verse 21. It says, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. And I looked at this going, okay, is this just fathers? Um, but as I read, um, I found that the word there is, it, it, it means one who puts, imparts life. So parents, <laughs> we impart life to our kids. And um, so as parents, we're not to provoke our children. You know, what, is, what does that really mean? You know, do we do things that make them angry? Do we think, do things that irritate them? And which, if they hit the teenage years, it doesn't matter what we do, we probably <laughs> irritate them. <laughs> do we stir up negative emotions? You know, those are the kind of things that, that, that provoke our children. And then they get discouraged. They quit trying. So what do we need to do to, you know, what do we do that, that causes these behaviors? You know, do we put unrealistic expectations on our kids? You know, do we expect our little one to act like a grown-up, you know, and that kind of thing? Are we too strict with them? They would probably say yes, we'll say no. <laughs> do we criticize them or always find fault in them? Do we ignore them and not listen to them? Do we nag them all the time? You know, do we, we always put them down? Do we have double standards in the home? Do we have mom says one thing, dad says another? So we need to put off those kind of things. 
But what we need to put on is give them realistic guidelines. Give them realistic boundaries. We need to encourage them. We need to affirm them. You know, again, when they're obeying, we need to let them know we're happy about that. You know, do we affirm them when they are obeying? We need to be really interested in in what they're interested in. (laughs) You know, it may be not something we're interested in, but take an interest in our kids. So what do we need to put off as parents? This week, think about that. As parents, what do we need to put off? What do we need to put on? For each of us, it's going to be something different for all of these relationships. So, jump down to verse 22. Bond servants, obey in everything those who, you are, earth, who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Again, I don't think any of us would look at ourselves as a bond servant or a slave that they were kind of talking about back then. But again, as I studied this word and its meaning, it refers to somebody that, that um, is under somebody else's authority. And so we can look at it as if you're employed by somebody or you're putting yourself under somebody's authority. You know, how do we act? Where Paul tells us first we're to obey. Again, kind of like children. There's an authority over us. We're to obey. When we're in that position of having somebody in authority over us, we're to listen to them. We're give attention to what they say. Do you do you act that way with your employer? You know, your boss? Somebody you've put yourself under their authority. Paul says when we're in this position, we're then to act as if we're serving the Lord. And do it not just when your boss is standing over you watching, just with the eye service, and not just to please him, but out of sincerity of heart. We need to do it because we want to do it, and because we fear the Lord. Again, we're not doing it for them, we're doing it out of fear for the Lord. So, what are some things we can put on? We can serve our boss, the authority over us, as if we're serving the Lord. <laughs> Talking about criticizing, don't criticize your boss in front of everybody else. Sometimes that's hard to do because we don't agree with what they're saying, or we don't agree with the way they do things. But it's not going to do any good to criticize them in front of others. Seek the best for your boss. Do you work 
so that your boss looks good? Or do you work so you look good? Don't be a people pleaser. Again, don't, don't do it just to please your boss. We're doing it for the Lord. This last one, I almost last when I typed it out, but love your boss. How many of us love our boss the way we're to love? You know, demonstrate love to your boss. Be patient with them. Be kind. I don't know that we always know all the things our boss is going through. We don't know what happens in meetings when he's in with his boss, what pressures are put on him. So let's love our boss no matter what. Paul goes on here in verses 23 through 25. He doesn't end with just this. He says, Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. We're to work hard as if we're working for the Lord, not for man. Do you do that? <laughs> do you do your work as if you're doing it for the Lord? You can say, I haven't always done that. When I, I haven't always worked as if I'm working for the Lord. You know, I do it for myself or I do it to please my boss. It's a different perspective <laughs> than the world has. Totally different perspective. It's interesting here, there's a contrast I see because it's talking about bond servants and slave, or a slave. And then it talks about inheritance. If you think about it, a slave doesn't get an inheritance. A bond servant would get, wouldn't get an inheritance. It would be a son or a daughter would get an inheritance. It's interesting that Paul puts that in here. But again, who are we working for? We're not working for man. We're working for the Lord. And God doesn't, he's not partial. He doesn't show favoritism. So the wrongdoer is going to reap what he gets. So as an employee, what do I need to put off this week? What do I need to put on so that I'm working as for the Lord? and not man. And then it talks about masters. And again, we can look at this as someone who has authority over others. You know, how is a master to live? It says, Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you have a master in heaven. So, he doesn't let us off the hook. <laughs> if we have authority over somebody else, we have some ways we need to live and not show favoritism. And the reason is because we know we have a master in heaven. God's our master and we're to obey him. And out of that, we can be a better boss 
We can be a, a better person that's over other people. So what kind of things can we put on? Well, we can not take advantage of those that are under us, those that are working for us, that we have authority over. Don't take advantage of them. We can value them. We can value their work. We can give them credit when they deserve it. I don't know if you've ever worked for a boss that takes credit for your good work. (laughs) It's not fun. (laughs) You know, as someone with authority, view your your position as a servant. Be a servant leader. (laughs) Serve those that are under you. Have compassion on them. So as a boss, to be just and fair, what do you need to put off this week? What do you need to put on? You know, any of these, we may say, well, I'm not married yet, so I'm not a husband, I'm not a wife. Well, someday you may be, so learn how to do it now. (laughs) Put on those good things. If you're not a boss now, you know, learn how to be a good boss now. Learn how to put on those good things. So let's remember this week and and beyond that, what things do we need to put on? What are things do we need to put off? I have to go back to verse 17 that Larry talked about last week. It says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Give thanks to God the Father through him. I thought that's fitting. We need to do all of this. All of our relationships should be built on, on the Lord and how, and how we look at him. And, and he's put us in those positions, in those relationships. I do need to say one more thing about taking off and, and putting on my old t-shirt here. You know, we're not put out there by ourselves. You know, it, the whole chapter, chapter three needs to go together. Because <laughs> it talks about admonishing one another. You know, how are we helping each other put off those bad behaviors? How are we helping each other put on those new behaviors that we're to do. So Larry, I need your help. Brother, this t-shirt, Laura wanted me to get rid of it a long time ago. (laughs) You know what I did? I took it out of the house and put it out in my shed. (laughs) So brother, will you throw away my t-shirt for me? (laughs) Help me out, man. (laughs) Oh! Okay. I'm feeling a little shaky now. No. <laughs> I was going to wear that. No, seriously though. You know, we need to be there for each other and and help each other uh, be the people we need to be in our relationships. And um I love this group. I mean, it's been fun getting this started. And it's been encouragement for me. I've had encouragement from others and that kind of thing. So in your community groups, in the men's group, women's group, whatever, um, let's encourage each other as we go about. Let's pray.